0: Good morning and welcome to All Things Jessamine. I'm Doug Faye. On today's program, we're going to be talking to Charles Miller. Charles has been a farmer in our community for a long time, followed the footsteps of his dad. His mother was a schoolteacher. We're going to talk to Charles about himself and his family and their contribution to Jessamine County. At the prescription pad we're a different kind of pharmacy. We are part of the Good Neighbor Pharmacy Network, which gives us greater buying power, meaning lower prices for you. We are independent, locally owned and operated, not a chain pharmacy. That gives us the freedom to focus on you and your health. We get to know you and your needs. We'll carefully monitor your prescriptions to make sure everything is working correctly for your health. We can even provide you with durable medical equipment. I'm Glenn Downs, and I'd like the opportunity to be your pharmacist. Locally owned and operated on the Nicholsville Bypass in the Keene Center between Copper River Grill and Twenty for hour Fitness. We're the Prescription Pad, a different kind of pharmacy. Good morning and welcome to All Things Jessamine. Glad to have you on this Saturday morning. We continue our trek in finding out about people, places, and things of Jessmine County. With me today, we're going to be talking to a fellow who we could probably do a show just on him. We're going to include his parents into it also because they were very well known in our community. His dad was a farmer. His mom was a school teacher, and his name is Charles Miller. Good morning, Charles. Good morning. How but, are you? I'm doing good. Appreciate you coming in and talking to us here on All Things Jessamine. A lot of people, of course, know your family, especially those who have been around here for a while. But I guess for those people who are listening that may be new or somewhat new, we want to start by kind of telling uh, where everybody came from and how they got here and, and that kind of stuff. So let's start with your dad's side. Let's talk a little bit about Mr. Miller and, and his relationship to the county and, and what you know about him. Well, my dad was born and raised in Jessamine County. Mm-hmm. Uh, matter of fact, was born in a
1: in a house that still stands down at Sufferwell, yeah. uh, the old house where Billy Walker used to live. moved from there when he was about five years old to a, to a log cabin, if you will. On the Tom Mackey farm, yeah, he lived there till he was about sixteen, and then they moved on the Denny farm, which mm-hmm. is off Union Mill, mm-hmm. uh, into another log house, and and that's where they lived in for quite some time.
0: Yeah, so he he was brought up in a number of different places, but he found all the log cabins. <laughs> yeah,
1: somehow or other, but that probably wasn't as unusual because he was born in 1900. Yeah, and uh, that probably wasn't as unusual to find right. one back at that period of time.
0: Did his family always farm?
1: Yes, my my grandfather farmed, and as far as I know, family's about the fifth, possibly sixth generation of millers to live here, and they were all farmers to one degree or another. Right.
0: What what did your dad specialize, or did he specialize? You just kind of do it all. As did all farmers back at that point in time.
1: He uh, just general agriculture, of course, raised tobacco. They raised uh, hemp at one point in time. Mm My grandfather raised hemp uh, during the First World War to be uh, used as, uh, for rope. Right. Second World War, my dad and grandfather again raised hemp to be used as oil during that period of time. I didn't know uh, they made oil out of hemp. Yes, I did, yes. Wow. Uh, as a matter of fact, I've still got his his hemp sheet where they beat that hemp seed out. Yeah. And it's just as all as it can be. But even
0: to this day, even to this day, and of course, at one time, Jessamine County, I mean, was one of the leading manufacturers of hemp. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anywhere around, I right? Guess. Yeah, I think that's
1: right. Yeah, but anyway, he uh, had sheep. He kind of specialized in raising dairy heifers. Every every farm was a dairy farm at that point in time. Yeah. Everybody milked a few cows. Yeah, and uh, my dad, he would raise a lot of baby calves. Not a lot, but some baby calves, and raise them up and sell. Dairy heifers, dairy mm-hmm. cows, to folks mm-hmm. around. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about your mom then. Now, was she from here also? Well, you know that's kind of odd. Originally, she was from here. Uh, when she was, I think, eight years old, they moved to Garrett County. and okay. uh, She lived then in Garrett County, over on Mount Hebron Road, then till, well, till she and my dad married in mm-hmm. nineteen thirty. So, uh, she did the interesting story when they did live here. Uh, my grandfather ran the livery stable that was right next to and, and not only adjacent to, but I guess attached to the Walker Hotel.
0: Really down here on Main Street? Yes, yes. And every... That, that wasn't... I've, I I've remember hearing about that. In fact, I think Dad drew a picture of it at one time. I think... It seems right. like L&N maybe? Uh, I'm trying to think, and it's hard to remember. But I remember what you're talking about. I'd forgotten about it, but it was right there next in that parking lot now, I
1: guess. It is, and and later became a garage uh, Yeah, people used to take their vehicles to. But anyway, it was a uh, livery stable, excuse me, uh, originally. yeah. And every afternoon, my mom would get in the buggy and ride with Cricket Walker from the Walker Hotel to the depot to pick up folks to stay at the hotel overnight. Wow. And one afternoon she got in the buggy and the horses ran away with it. And they ran all the way the length of Main Street up to the oh, north end of no. town. Yeah, And my grandfather was able to call or do something and somebody stopped the horses. Oh my so goodness. I always thought that was an interesting story, you know, and it actually wow. happened. I'd be I've heard it from several different sure. people. Yeah.
0: Well, and you know, for for younger people who are listening to our show, and we have some. First off, a livery stable is where you would go to have your right. horse shooed and right. things like that. And secondly, yeah, there was horses down here. In fact, for a long time, and we have pictures of it, uh, there was a couple of uh, uh, water pumps over here on the corner at the courthouse where yeah. you actually could water your horse when you yeah. rode to town. So, yeah, that actually did happen. Well, right here. this would have
1: been in 19, my mom was born in 1902. This would have been in 1907. So yeah. There were
0: still horse and buggies here. Wow. Yeah. And, you know, you've answered another question that just came up a few days ago when we were talking about it. I have a picture. This is completely nothing to do with the Millers, but you brought up Cricket Walker. Yeah. Well, I have a picture of the sign that used to be on the side of Walker Hotel that said Walker Hotel. And what's interesting about it, and I don't know why, but between the L and the K, there is an apostrophe. And somebody wondered if maybe it was... Two people that owned it together, the Wallington and the Kerr, we didn't know, but we couldn't figure out why that apostrophe. But if you're saying well, Cricket Walker, it was a Walker that owned it. I'm, so I feel like we don't right. know why, still don't know why that yeah. apostrophe yeah. is yeah. in that sign. Yeah. But that's very interesting. So now, how did your mother and your dad meet each other? How did that come about?
1: Well, I've asked this question of them yeah. in years past, naturally, but they met at a dance down at Silverwell. Yeah miss ethel foster miss ethel ware uh-huh. was a cousin of my mother and there was a dance there it you know folks used to do that in their homes sure and uh, so that's where they met
0: originally how when would that have been the t- the 20s
1: i would think so
0: yeah yeah, yeah. yes we're back there
1: my mother started teaching in garrett county at uh, over at the community called mance uh, as a matter of fact she Prior to her death, she got a, a little certificate from the state that was awarded to everybody that had taught in a one-room log school. Really? Uh, yeah, and she, and, got and, one. and she got one of those, which she was very proud of. And then she taught then at Buena Vista and was teaching at Buena Vista when she and my dad uh, met yeah. and got
0: married later. Well, before she started teaching, I would assume that she had some kind of formal education to be a teacher. Yes. To, yeah.
1: Well, she did, and uh, not to the extent that folks have to have now. Right but she attended the Eastern State Teachers College yeah. which now is Eastern University of course. Yes, but, yes. But she went
0: there for uh, I think over a in Richmond. Of years. Yeah. 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 And that's right it was called that before it became yeah. Eastern Kentucky University. Right. In fact, that's why I think it was formed was for a to teach people how to teach. I yeah. think it was formed. Did your dad not. have formal education? Uh eighth grade. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but he learned he got yeah. a lot of common sense yeah. and he knew yeah what to do as far as the, the business. And that wasn't history. uncommon. Back sure, that that's time. exactly yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. Now, at some point in time, they, they I guess she continued to teach. Did she teach here in Chessman County once she got married? Any? Well, no. Uh, once they got married, she did not teach here uh,
1: until later years. Yeah. Uh, as a matter of fact, I guess she started back when, once I was in grade school, fourth or fifth grade, she started back teaching.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: And taught then till she retired in the mid seventies. Okay. Uh,
0: yeah. But they lived here.
1: Yes. Yes. Lived here. Now, did they live out
0: on where you are now?
1: When, when they, they first got married, they lived on what's called the Coleman Farm out on Southwell Road. Yeah. Uh, lived there in nineteen thirty, right during the Depression. Yeah. So you can imagine getting married and starting out during the yeah. Depression. Yeah. Uh, they were there for a couple of years, and then uh, they uh, moved to farm on beaumont road that my that my grandfather my grandfather lived and uh lived there then till they bought where we presently own in 1944 mm-hmm. uh they bought from mr tom beaumont uh, the 44 acres that was always called the beaumont place and of course the road named for him yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. and uh lived there then till they both both passed and, right and we still are there you're today. still there today yeah, yeah.
0: Now, at some point in time in their their early lives, I guess they decided it was time for family, and uh, you came along. It was
1: pretty late, though, <laughs> when they yeah. made that decision. Yeah, I was born in 1945, which would meant that uh, my dad was 45. He was born in 1900, and my mom then was 43. So uh, yeah, they did start kind of late, didn't? Yeah, they? and you're the, you're
0: the only child.
1: I'm so, yes, yeah, right. I'm the only child, and again, as the as the story goes, as related by them and and I guess I guess we can talk about this. She she thought I was a
0: tumor for a long time. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. Didn't realize she didn't, was pregnant. Oh no, no she didn't. But yeah. and much to her surprise yeah. that tumor yeah. named Charles. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you grew up around the farm. I mean you as a young boy probably helped with the cows and and all that kind of stuff. I saw a post not long on Facebook. Somebody said, "Sheriff, If you know what this is yeah. and it was sucker in tobacco yeah. and I thought, yep, I do. And yeah. I know you do, of course, yeah, yeah. but you grew up around all of that. Was it pretty much as a, as a young boy, is that your thought that this is what I'm going to do? I don't know that I developed
1: that idea as, as a young person growing up, but I certainly was around it every day yeah. and it kind of became natural to me as right. time went by and. Uh, I know my dad always said, now I can't verify this, but he always said that the first word that I ever said was cow. Now, whether that was true or not, or whether he wanted it to be, I'm not sure. Yeah, but right. But anyway... <laughs> Uh, I used to go with him to deliver some of those dairy heifers we talked about earlier there, and uh, I can remember. But I was always around the around that mm-hmm. lifestyle, which a lot of people were. At that they period. were.
0: And, of course, uh, you were involved in something that a lot of the farming kids, and I say farming kids, back then I guess it was mainly the males who were involved in FFA. And in oh. fact, weren't you the head of the state? organization at one time. And yes, I was very fortunate as a senior in high school to
1: be elected as state
0: president. State president. Yeah. yeah. And you know, we've been very fortunate in our community uh, a lot of years uh, to have some great uh, leaders in the in the FFA, not just county, but all you know Howard Downing, I yeah. think of, you were state president. I mean, there was others that really were involved and Bradshaw, Billy, Billy, yeah. Uh, yeah. there was several of them that I can think about that, uh, the great program, which still continues today. And continue, I guess you had Mr. Veal. I did. Yeah. Yes. yes. Yeah. He would have yes. had Mr. Veal, uh, uh,
1: very, very instrumental in, in, in really what, I guess you could say what I am today. <laughs> yeah. Cause he, you know, he was pretty hard on us, but now he knew mm-hmm. if you had something that, that, that you needed to try to develop and, I feel like what little speaking ability that I might have today is in large part due to Harlan V because of that. He worked yeah. on that.
0: And that's one thing Charles, that a lot of people I don't know really understand about FFA and maybe they don't have a reason to, but it's not just teaching a kid how to raise a crop of tobacco or raise a cow. There's more to it than that. Oh, You're to. talking about the speaking. I mean that in itself uh is is a great part of FFA and learning how to address the public and things like that more than just learn how to farm
1: to me it's one of the most defining leadership activities that Mm -hmm. a young person can have and i don't mean to belittle 4-h in that 4-h does the same thing right but ffa really concentrates on
0: leadership development
1: and that is very very important and
0: and, of course, now, and I don't know when this started, but, but females have become a, a great part, as equal as males, and maybe a lot of more so sometimes yeah, yeah. Uh, in our communities in the last several years. Uh, whereas before, I guess probably when you were growing up, it was probably male-dominated.
1: Well, it was still male-dominated yeah. when I was uh, state president in the, in the 60s. As a matter of fact, uh, Judy, my wife, of course, uh, she was our, she was one of our FFA sweethearts, you know, yeah, yeah they were, yeah. they were elected at yeah. that back at that point in time. And, but then, uh, you know, girls became, uh, began to get involved as was a good thing. Right. And today, gosh, a lot of the leadership positions nationally as well as state and locally are held by, yeah. by young women,
0: which is a tremendous thing. Sure. It is. Now, when you got out of high school, was there a point where you said, okay, yeah, this is it. This is my life. Farming is what I want to do. Was it, was it during that time? Did you go on to college to, to, to study agriculture, or something else? What, what happened there? I did. I enrolled in the university
1: and I attended the university for a year and, uh, uh, I did not graduate from the university, but yeah, at that point in time, I pretty well knew that, uh, that yep, agriculture did. and particularly farming production agriculture yeah. was, was where I wanted to be. It just, well, it, it, it was a lifestyle, as we have discussed, but also it was it was something that I was just really interested sure. in and, and beginning sure.
0: to be passionate about. Right, it, you right. You enjoyed it. Yeah. And, it your, yeah. if and, of course, back then, what year would that have been? What year did you graduate high school? 63. Uh, Jessamine County High. Yeah. At that time, you know, Jessamine County was still a farming community. That's true. You know, most yeah. of the income came from right. the farming yeah. community, yeah. unlike today. Yeah and I know this is probably something that can't you can't pinpoint, but assuming that back in 63, 75% was, was farming, what would it be today?
1: Gosh, I can't pinpoint that, and uh, I probably should be able to given some of the extension figures we've looked at. I would say, you know, as a total county income, I would say less than 40%. Yeah. Uh, maybe in the 30s. I'm not yeah. sure, but yeah. – uh,
0: because you just don't see it like you yeah. used to. Yeah. I remember one day. And, what you,
1: and, and if I may interrupt, sure. what you do see is on a larger scale than it used to be. R- yeah. Whether it be yeah. cattle production, tobacco yeah. production, still it's there. Uh-huh. Uh, horse production, of course, is very much right. a part of that. But uh, it, it tends to be. I guess, a little more isolated, but on a larger scale.
0: Right, rather than spread out different right, places. Right. I remember a year, a couple of years ago, I came across one of the, the back roads from Fayette County to going home, and I rounded the curve and saw I had to stop and take a picture of it. One of the most beautiful tobacco patches that I had seen in a long time. Mm-hmm. And then it dawned on me, I haven't seen one of these in a long right. time. Right. And it was so amazing, I actually had to get out of the car and take a picture with my phone of that crop because I was like, Oh, my gosh. I, and, you know, my kids, of course, the oldest of them being 20, uh, has no clue of that lifestyle, does not know what it means to, to walk into a barn and, and get on the top rail and hand up and, and tie in a hand and, and pull the reds and just no clue. Yeah. But it is a whole different world for a lot of our people now, the way farming is. Yeah. Now, you mentioned this sweetheart while ago. Let's go <laughs> back to her. How did you and Judy meet? And And it's interesting, I think, that Judy – decided it would be much easier with her <laughs> embroidered towels to not have to change them because she was a miller right yeah That's so how did true. all that come about
1: well we uh, we met in high school i guess you could use the the term that we were high school sweethearts. yeah but uh, that relationship of course followed through uh, her dad farmed her mom and dad both farmed and she often says that I fell in love with her dad instead of her, but I don't think that's hardly true, but she has said that. But anyway, uh, that, that's where we met, and then that relationship
0: grew, and uh, we've been together for 51 years now, so I guess it stuck somewhere. Congratulations. Yeah, 51. Of course, her dad, Russell Miller, and mom, mildred who worked from the courthouse for many years too and and that's a whole nother show right there yeah, well, about russell and mildred well her her dad was ray I'm, I'm sorry not yeah. russell ray. russell was a brother yes but yeah yeah that's my mistake you're right and now you two got married and children tell us about tracy well we we had one daughter uh tracy uh was born in
1: 1970 and uh uh, we never really intended to stop at one. I guess we just never did get around to having yeah, any more, but did. but Tracy has done well. She has. We've got three grandchildren, mm-hmm. uh, and they uh, they now live in uh, close to New Albany, Indiana, just across the river from yeah. Louisville. She and Jimmy, our son-in-law, both work in Louisville, so that's pretty convenient for them right. to get to and from work and, and whatever. What do they do? Jimmy works. He's an electrician at Ford, mm-hmm. uh, Ford mm-hmm. Motor Company. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're out by the airport, the plant that builds the escapes, and mm-hmm. I'm not sure what else. Uh, and then Tracy works for a company that provides uh, training, software, and, and uh, program development for adult uh, and family education, Good. Uh, a nationwide company that sure. she works with. Sure. sure.
0: And, of course, the grandkids aren't spoiled a bit. No, no, no. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. What, what is it you've been in farming all these years now? And I know you've not only been in farming, you you involved in some other things, too. You mentioned uh, uh, extension and board. Gosh, you've been on probably a lot of different boards that have to do with farming and, and things like that. Seen a lot of big changes. What What is one of the biggest change, I guess, other than maybe just the fact that farming is not the mainstay as it used to be? But What are some of the big changes you've seen in that community over the years?
1: Well, I think that, uh, like every other industry, <laughs> technology has brought some tremendous changes mm-hmm. to uh, to production agriculture, uh, particularly the beef industry. I, g- I guess I could use an old cliche and say, though, probably after all is said and done, uh, no matter how much it changes, it still remains about the same, yeah. uh, basically. But yeah. then, you know, we've had so much advancement in technology, so much advancement, particularly in the beef industry, Uh, as well as production uh, grain crops and what have you in genetic uh, Mm -hmm. development Mm -hmm. uh, in all of the areas that that go into uh, nutrition and and those things that have really gone a long way to enable production agriculture, not just here but across the country, to be the worldwide
0: force that it is today. Uh, We've grown tremendously
1: in the last uh, 50 years.
0: What is Kentucky's cash crop now? It used to be tobacco, back, of course. What what would it be considered today?
1: I guess the cash crop would be uh, probably corn, soybeans. There's a tremendous yeah. amount gone, grown in western Kentucky, as well as central and south-central Kentucky. We don't think about it as much here in Jessamine County, but uh, those acreages that you see out there, by and large, are are very large acreages that belong to or are raised by folks in other counties. You know, mm-hmm. they come mm-hmm. here and, and rent that land. Mm-hmm. so uh, uh, I think probably today, uh, crop-wise, uh, we would have to say corn and soybeans yeah. would be the, the major, major cash crops.
0: What kind of farming are you doing nowadays?
1: <clears throat> we have concentrated for several years on strictly beef cattle.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, we got out of the tobacco business. Well, we didn't get out with the buyout, but shortly after, Uh, We were contracting there for several years, and then the labor began to be such an issue, and uh, everything was weather-dependent and that type of thing. So we went strictly into beef cattle production, and we've been doing for several years what's called a backgrounding operation where we buy lighter-weight calves, bring them in, uh, take them to another weight of eight to 900 pounds, and then send them on to feed yards to be finished. So uh, we do that. We also uh, we also have a cow calf operation. Uh, Judy, when her father passed, and she took over his uh, cow herd, and then since we've added to that, so uh, we're strictly into beef cattle production. Yeah,
0: you mentioned beef cattle. Uh, one of the first things that I, as a layperson, think of is our great beef cattle association here in Justin yeah. County, yeah. that is so so very active. And folks, you've seen them, you've smelled their product when they are sitting out cooking those ribeye steaks and hamburgers. But what you may not know, it would be interesting to know the amount of money that that group has given away to different civic organizations. Uh, Hospice comes to mind, different ones, all kinds of different ones over the years. I would dare say one of the most successful associations of its type in this state probably. It is, and uh, I I certainly am
1: proud of of our Beef Cattle Association. I I had the good fortune and honor to be state president of the Kentucky Cattlemen Association Mm -hmm. and had the opportunity to visit counties across the state during Mm -hmm. that that tenure. And uh, I'll have to say ours is one of the major uh, beef cattle associations in the state. Uh, We do a tremendous amount of cooking, like you say, uh, a lot of that. Uh, we, we cook for two reasons. We cook, first of all, to promote, promote beef. Sure. But then, secondly, we try to give back to the community. And the, you have. And the community has supported us over sure. the years so very much. And I think I'm right. This past year, I'm not going to put a definite figure, but I think between fifteen and $20,000 went back to either local charities or into the local community wow. some, somewhere.
0: That area. is amazing. Yeah. But that money came
1: from the community. That's right.
0: And you've been doing this for several years. We've done this for a lot of years. You multiply that out. It's it's quite a big number. I'm going to mention something to you and just give me the facts because I know over the years that you have received some different awards. But let's talk about 2001 Progressive Farmer. Uh, Seems like you won an award. In fact, I have a little picture of it right here, the Progressive Farmer Man of the Year in service to Kentucky Agriculture. Tell us about that. Well,
1: that was, I guess that was based on some of the uh, accomplishments that I had been able to work with other people to to bring about. That was during the time when our ag development funds, the tobacco mm-hmm. settlement funds, began to take place and come back into Kentucky agriculture, and and uh, we had worked for quite some time to help get that done through the legislature and what have you. Uh, we had uh, worked to establish what was called the Kentucky Beef Network, uh, which used those funds then to help educate uh, producers uh, about some of the technologies Mm -hmm. that we talked about earlier Mm -hmm. so it was based on some of the activities that i had been fortunate enough to be able to work with other people on and and the fact that I had been you know a part of the kentucky cattlemen association mm-hmm. and that type of thing so probably bottom line they needed somebody to fill that slot that <laughs> year i think but, no i but, doubt that I but doubt anyway that. i was quite <laughs> I, I make light of, i was quite proud of sure. that as well as my family was and sure and it was it's
0: an honor sure know. it is it's still doing any auctioneering oh yeah yeah helping Are you still charles i've charles worked Collins? with charles for we don't know how many years, Yeah,
1: 25 anyway, I know. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we've got a good relationship and uh, enjoy working together. And, yeah, I, I enjoy it. I've never, I've never tried to be an auctioneer
0: to make a living. Right. But
1: I, it's something I've always enjoyed doing. Yeah. Always
0: enjoyed doing. Yeah. And, you know, what's amazing if you think about it, and, and maybe I'm wrong here. But I'm thinking about some auctioneers that we've had in the past in our county. Just about all of them were involved somewhat with agriculture. Right. I mean, from, from Bill Locker to Red Sennett to Cecil Johnson. Yeah. I mean, and all, all the the Collins, oh my gosh. Yeah. But yeah, it seems like that just kind of lends itself yeah. to that occupation as the farming community. Well, I, I, I think historically in a rural community,
1: auctioneers concentrated on settlement of agricultural mm-hmm, estates or, mm-hmm. or families involved in the rural lifestyle. And then, uh, that may be not as much so today, even though that is a big part of it, but yeah, that heritage has kind of come down through the years, yeah. and, and, and people have been involved.
0: Like yeah. That. You've seen a lot of changes. You've been here all your life and you've seen a lot of changes in this town. You've seen a lot of changes in your, your occupation. As you said, uh, a lot of things have, have changed in ways that we can't even imagine, uh, I know as a young boy, I can remember the gentleman driving up in the old rickety truck and picking up my grandmother's milk cans to take yeah. it off to the yeah. processor. Yeah. And, you know, nowadays, I'm sure that is a totally different way of yeah. doing yeah. things. But, but it's, uh, it's amazing how, uh, even though you may not think you see the farms that we used to have, uh, it's still getting done. We're still contributing. Uh, in that community, people like you and others are are still doing this job, very important job. In fact, so important that it made this county what it is, the I, farming I, community. I think
1: that's very true. And
0: yeah. and
1: along that same line of thought, Judy and I host uh, or have for several years uh, Leadership Jessamine County. They mm-hmm. have a day that they have an agricultural day. Mm-hmm. And last year, uh, the group that came out and uh, they had lunch out at the farm and and uh, we talked about what we did and Mm -hmm. and, uh, Justin County Agriculture in general. And I had a gentleman come up after uh, it was over and say to me, this has been tremendous. I didn't realize there was any agriculture in Justin. Really? So you don't think about people having that mindset. Yeah. It's here, and it's It's still very much a part of the county's economy and a fabric of the county, I think.
0: Uh, well of course, much. you know, we have a lot of people, Charles, that the only time they come downtown is to get their car license and their driver's sure. license. And right. and, they, and so they're not out in the areas like where you live. Right. And, right. and uh places like that, you mentioned suffer well, and places like that to see those things. Yeah. So and for some reason and i don't know why but for some reason when people think of a horse farm they don't think of it agriculture it's 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 but it is it is and i don't know why they don't equate that but anyway someone wanted to ask about has nothing to do with farming but i know it was uh you mentioned your mother a while ago and i meant to bring it bring it up uh when she got to go to rup oh yes and that was her well how was she well she was uh she died at 94, but that okay. was about,
1: uh, a 90, maybe it was her 90th, 90th birthday. That's what was it was. 90. Yeah. She had always been a big UK fan. Yeah. And if I can back up just to where we talked about earlier about her teaching at Buena Vista in Garrett uh-huh. County, they wanted to start a basketball team. And the only way they could have a basketball team, they have to have a chaperone if you will, okay. to go with them. Okay. Okay. She became the chafferone. Really? She wasn't married at that time. (laughs) And that's where where her love for basketball stemmed from. Yeah, And uh, she was always a lifelong U.K. fan and uh, had never been to a game. And uh, J.F. and Sherry Hall, uh, we worked together at that period of time, decided that they wanted to take her to the blue-white game, Uh which is the preseason scrimmage. Right. And they did that. That was uh, up at Memorial Coliseum uh she just loved Travis Ford at that point in time. oh yeah and uh well, there been Patino was he coach yes okay when the team went in at halftime Sherry Hall uh, asked stopped coach Patino because she was in a wheelchair and being in a wheelchair she got to sit kind of down on mm-hmm. the end zone uh where the where the mm-hmm. baskets were back mm-hmm. in there mm-hmm. and uh she stopped uh, coach Patino and asked him if uh if this lady could uh, meet uh, Travis Ford after the halftime well when they came out he brought Travis Ford over and they had a big conversation wow. and that type of thing and before coach Patino left and i've always i have my differences with coach Patino but i've always had a soft spot in my heart for this he asked us has your mom ever been to a game yeah, so We said, no, this was the first time. Right. He said, said we'll call. You check back this season, and I'm going to get her tickets for a game. Well, this was a major college coach, and there's a sure. lot going on. Sure. Who would have thought that he would have right. remembered that? Right. Nothing ever happened. The last game of the season uh-huh. in Ruppa Reno, we got a call. To come by and pick up tickets to the <laughs> to last game of the yeah. season, which was against Florida up there in Rupp. Yeah. And, uh, and I hope they went better than they did this last <laughs> Yeah, <time>. <laughs> <laughs> She went. She was two rows behind the bench. Really? Sitting directly in front of her was Jamal Mashburn, <laughs> who had played, course, a couple of three seasons earlier. Yeah. And she couldn't help herself. She had to reach. He had big bodyguards uh-huh. on each side. She had to reach over and tap him on the shoulder. And he turned around, and at that moment, there was a picture taken, and was in the Harold Leader. And yes, we, we've got those yes. pictures. But that was just quite a quite a thing that that took place. Yeah, highlight enjoyed, of her life. Oh yeah, and she enjoyed that
0: so much. So <laughs> <very> much <yeah. laughs> That's amazing. As we wrap this up, a lot of people remember your dad. A lot of people remember your mom. How would you describe them? What's a word you use to describe your dad?
1: Well, you know. As I said, my, my dad had an eighth grade education, which wasn't uncommon back at that period of time. But, gosh, he had a tremendous amount of common sense, and, and he liked people, you mm-hmm, know. Mm-hmm. He he was a deputy sheriff uh, there for several years with That's Bern, right. with he, Vernon Burton and then yeah. later with Wayne Hunter. And, you know, he he was friends with everybody from the president of the first national bank at mm-hmm, that time mm-hmm. to, whoever he would see mm-hmm. out here on the street and mm-hmm. he'd stop and talk to those mm-hmm. folks. And he was just generally like, like to talk yeah. to people. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, just think that, I guess I looking back on it, I think of him as a good citizen, if you will. That's uh, just, yeah. that's just a good way to describe him. Yeah. He was just a good down to earth, solid citizen. What about your mom? Well, my mom was uh, very much uh, naturally being a teacher. She was very much interested in, In education, she was very much interested in trying to do the right thing by everybody, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and uh, I guess although those two people together influenced uh, my life, and I hope I reflect in a little ways those interests that they had, you know, but she was, and one of the greatest things in my life, even today, and gosh, she retired teaching in the mid-'70s, even today, Just a couple of weeks ago, I had somebody come up and tell me, your mom was my teacher in the fourth grade. Mm -hmm. And I just thought the world and all. Mm -hmm. And that that really means something to me to have that happen because she was so interested in their students. Uh, She was so interested in trying to give the ones that needed it most an individual Mm -hmm. effort. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times, I think in today's uh, fast-paced school days, uh, it's harder to do that. Oh, yeah. But um, she was interested in those kids, and and that, and that has been the case, and that's followed through. and, and like I say, it's just so uh, so satisfying to have people come up
0: and change this. You know? And you know a subject that has come up on this program many, many times and is proven over and over that you just truly don't know what kind of influence that you today are going to have on somebody years from now you just don't know and, and that's one of those lessons that we should all heed is that uh, your actions today could mean a big difference in somebody's life and you may never know it and usually teachers are the ones you hear that about mm-hmm. and, and you know during school a lot of times especially nowadays you hear about oh i can't stand that teacher i'll be glad to get out of here a little age on those people and then they're thinking man she or he really yeah. was uh, was great to me so right Right. Yeah, we have to sometimes age a little bit for our brains to start working. No,
1: no. Well, that's true. <laughs> to at least absorb what they <laughs> need to Exactly.
0: Yeah. Well, Charles, our time is up, but I want to tell you how much I appreciate you coming in. And thanks to the Miller family for their contributions to our community and the ones that you and Judy are still making in our community, and the uh, especially in the agriculture business and, and the cattle and just all, in all kinds of ways. It's not just that. It's just, uh, as you said, the... Uh, being your dad being an all-around good citizen i think that has uh filtered on down to to you guys too and i appreciate you uh and what you've done for our jessamine county here well thank you and i enjoyed being here my thanks to charles for coming in and sharing about his family and their contribution to our county we appreciate you coming in every morning at 11 o'clock also for all things jessamine we'll do it again next week don't forget i'm on every weekday morning with my regular show from 6 until 8 a.m and it's all for you right here on Jessamine County's own radio station, Jess FM 105.9.